we have to trust our goodness and our good work and and our integrity and what we bring assuming that we're bringing that and and the rest is is not on me the Too Legitimate to Quit, instantly actionable small business strategies with a pop culture spin. I am your host, Annie P. Ruggles, and I am so excited to be with you for what I'm calling our summer semester. That's right. We're all going to summer school, only this time it's going to be a glorious amount of actionable fun. I have 16 fabulous episodes lined up for you that are going to be coming out every single week to help you grow and enjoy the process this summer and into the fall. And to start us off today, I have the utter joy of a guest known as Bob Wheeler. As a man of true integrity with infectious energy, Bob Wheeler's crusade for personal growth has cross-pollinated with his accounting practice to create a new approach to personal finances. His passion is to help others gain insights about how their emotions trigger financial decisions. Combining finances with behaviors, Bob explores his personal concept of creating a healthy relationship with money in his book, The Money Nerve, Navigating the Emotions of Money, his online course, Mastering the Emotions of Money, his podcast, Money You Should Ask, and his most recent endeavor, the Financially Fit Kids book series. While strengthening his accounting practice, Bob has simultaneously pursued his love of satire and ventured into the realm of stand-up comedy. From his 30 years of helping clients, Bob has distilled a concoction of warmth, humor, information, motivation, and budgeting directives that he offers to anyone with financial concerns. He's currently the CFO for the world-famous Comedy Store, and his world travels have led him to high altitudes. He has climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, ascended to the Mount Everest Base Camp, and hiked several smaller mountains in between. With charm and humor, his experiences on the road, in the office, or running a Greek marathon, they've all fed his wit as a stand-up comic and financial motivator. I just adore him, and I can't wait for you to hear this episode. Bob, the second I saw you across a crowded room in a shirt covered in bags of money, and then I approached you, and you didn't give me a business card. You gave me a full-on size half-sheet postcard of your face on money. And that I knew. I knew that you and I were meant to be together forever. And by together forever, I mean that I knew I had to have you on this show. Bob Wheeler, it is a pleasure to ask you the too legitimate to quit question. What do small business owners need to focus on this week? This week, they need to focus on what, why, why, what? Explain. What, why, why, what? What do I want my business to achieve? Why do I want it? Why don't I have it? What am I willing to do to get it? Damn! I love it when y'all bring your A game right out the gate. We're a minute into this episode. It's like, okay, cool. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for coming by. Um, Say those again. Yeah. What, What do you want for your business? Why do you want it? Why don't you have it? What are you willing to do to get it? You know, I just, that is so profound on about 87 different levels, right? Because yeah. one of the things we talk about all the time, all the time on this show is that entrepreneurship is a freaking slog and right. it's wonderful. It's life affirming. It's life changing. It's life making. It's all those good things, but it's also freaking terrible. And the, what are you willing to do or what are you willing to tolerate or what are you willing to change? The example that I've always known from my theater background is like, have you seen a ballerina's feet lately? (laughs) They're scary. 
Like, yeah. no offense to many ballerinas, your art form is incredible, but they know that broken toes and growths and foot binding and everything is part and parcel for the thing. So if they take off their shoe at the end of the day and their foot's all bloody, it doesn't surprise them that's the cost of doing business. And I'm not saying we should all be bleeding for our art, but there is this idea of like, what are you actually willing to do to make that thing true? Ballerinas are willing to sacrifice their feet. What are we willing to do? How are we willing to put ourselves out there to get what we want, right? And then working backwards from there, why don't we have this thing already? Like if we've been working right. so hard in this vein, why isn't it occurring? I feel like we take a stab, a bad stab, a misdirected stab at the first two questions. And then by the time we get to the second two questions, we're just like, I don't know. I'm 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 willing to not have a 401k. Is that it? Does that work? I don't know. Yeah, and, and look, it's a, and look, it might be I'm willing to lie, cheat, and steal. Not my value system, but it's like know what you're willing to do. I'm willing to sell out a friend. I'm willing to um, have a friend lose money. I'm willing to work extra hours. I'm willing to put in eighty hours. Like, what are you willing to do? Because we can all sit around going. Oh, I can't get ahead. Well, are you willing to wake up, put your shoes on and start moving? Right. Oh, that. Right. Like, I'd love to get this tummy up, but, you know, am I willing to wake up early and do something against it or put the macaroni and cheese down? No, not so much. So, not the, so tummy, much. <laughs> the tummy remains, right? Like, yeah. I know what to do, but don't we all? Like, we all have vices of mindset issues and vices of laziness in our business and vices of stubbornness. Like it's, I don't say any of these things with judgment. I have them all too, but you in the money world and me in the sales world, we see every single day how people will make decisions and just stand in the stream against the current of what they want. And it's like, come on, like you want a business, you want to make changes you're not willing to look at X or Y, right? And, oh. Yeah, and, you know, with the money stuff, and that's what I learned early on, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, I work with businesses, and they tell me a situation, they tell me a problem, we work it out mathematically, we have a strategy, we've got a plan, and then they go out and do something completely different because in their mind, well, that won't really work enough, or maybe if I just cross my fingers and the wind blows north, It'll go my way, right? And um, I'm going to roll the dice. Um, contrary to all the evidence, somehow I'm going to get a miraculous ending. <laughs> like, right. We just, it's amazing. In in the face of truth, we'll still go in a different direction and go, I hope it works out. Holy shit. In the face of truth, Think about the stuff that we do in the face of truth. Oh, dang. In the face of truth. Yeah. Right? Because there's one thing to reframe or one thing to reevaluate. I'm not saying that that stuff is invaluable. It is. But for mm -hmm. most people at business levels around us, people that are not new to the rodeo, the truth has been smacked in the face, our face, so many times. Yes. And yet, why aren't we there? We're not there because we're not honoring that, leaning into that, owning that, strategizing for that. We're just like, yeah, hold on. Let me just continue to do this other <laughs> antithetical thing. Like, no, stop looking for <laughs> answers and then rejecting the truth in front of you. Ugh. Yeah. And it's, and you know, it's different for everybody because some people look at the truth and say, um, yeah, my, I might actually get what I want if I move towards that. And I'm not sure really that I want that I what I say that I want. So, right. right? So even in the face of here's your gift, somebody goes, yeah, I wanted it to be blue. <laughs> oh, no. You're like, well, could have, should have, went like two inches off, right? But exactly, exactly. So very few people wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to do everything I can to not make any money today. Or I'm going to do everything I can today to shuffle papers and sort of put another bullet wound in my business today. Very, There are people, very few people though, wake up and feel that way. 
And so my question for you is, is self-sabotage a form of self-protection? Is not getting up on your relationship with money, is that noble to people? Like why? If in the face of truth, we're going the opposite direction, and yet these are the same people that would say, whoa, 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 hold on. I can't do that. I have to do this. Like, where, how, why, why does that, why make sure that makes pretend that question made sense and answer yeah, it. Thank I, you. <laughs> well, so, you know, it's, it's different for different people, right? I like for some people they can, in the face of truth, they can say, yeah, but I made a promise. I made this promise and I don't want to break my promise. And so they, they focus on this one promise to never fire anybody versus this promise of, I'm going to allow myself to have abundance and success, right? Yeah. The promise to never fire anybody takes priority. And, and cause we don't want to self-advocate. We don't want to uh, like get selfishly greedy and narcissistic. So let's take a back step. So for some people it's, well, I need to show that I'm a good person. And so I don't want to step over other people that might be more deserving. Um, and, and then for other people moving towards that success, Actually, even though they say they want it, like I want it deep down, they're like, oh my God, please don't give it to me. Yeah. Like then I'm going to have to set boundaries. I'm going to actually have to express, um, you know, what I need and what I want. And I'm going to have to say no. And people might hate me. Uh, and they're going to do all that anyway, right? They're going to, they're going to judge you. They're going to be envious or they're going to be like, that's stupid. And a lot of people think, well, if I just don't move forward, then I'm protecting myself from eventual hurt and failure. The thing is, if we, if we don't step out and are not willing to receive the pushback, um, we're just going to stay in a holding pattern of fear. Yeah. There's that second what again, right? Like, what are you willing to do? What are you willing to change? What are you willing to risk? What are you willing to endeavor? If the answer is nothing, because you're in a self-protective bubble, then know that that's why you don't have what you want. That answers the second why then. Like, why don't you have it? Rigidity. Right. But I think that's so freaking interesting because you and I both see ethically and enthusiastically earning money in exchange for our goods and services and value and genius. You and I both see compensation as a form of self-advocacy, but not everybody does. So to people that haven't yet made the gap and understood that you are doing yourself a disservice if you are not fixing your relationship with this currency shit. Like what, how, talk to them about that. Well, yeah, you know, it's like some people will, you know, especially religion has played a role, um, I think, of saying, you know, you don't want to be greedy, you want to give and all that stuff, which is great. The rich man and the eye of the camel stuff. Yes, absolutely. Right, right. And so there is some, you know, I'm all about giving and things like that, but I'm not going to give at the expense of me. Um, I want to give as an extension of me. Um, And so a lot of people will say, well, you know, it'd be greedy to charge that much or actually um, I know my story used to be, well, accounting and numbers are so easy for me. It doesn't feel right to charge people. Well, okay. That was your gift, Bob. Right. <laughs> that was the gift. Use it. That's, what I, that's when I say, oh. that's the mentality where I say Adele gets paid to sing, Bob. Like, right. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, but it's so easy for her. She shouldn't get paid. Right. Yeah. So we get this. She literally opens her mouth. Nothing. It's not hard. Adele, don't at me. I mean, please do. But like we, people get paid for their gifts. It's a thing that happens in every industry forever. Right. And and for people that are into the universe and energies and all that stuff, the universe wants you to do well. Yeah. <laughs> like, right? If we're being the best version of ourselves, if we're working on taking ourselves to the next level, that includes besides spirituality, besides exercise, besides our sexuality, besides all, it also includes financial abundance and well-being. It doesn't mean I have to have a billion dollars in the bank. Um, I know lots of people making less than 50,000 or 100,000 and they're incredibly happy, but they know how to manage their money and they live within their means. And they are always looking for, for things that they're always coming from a place of gratitude versus I want more of that. And I didn't get enough of this and I didn't get a third dessert. And I didn't, 
that? And it's light blue and I want a dark blue instead of like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is so amazing. I'm so grateful. You know, you're bringing up entitlement a lot. And we've talked about greed and we've talked about narcissism and I wanted light blue is entitlement, right? Like, (laughs) right. But the, that kind of having and hawing, like, I think what's so interesting is that I always say assholes don't get imposter syndrome um, because, and then therefore, if you get imposter syndrome, great. It means you care about the value you provide. Right. But similarly, like, narcissistic greedy assholes are not sitting around worrying about how they're being perceived and if their price points are fair right only people the only people using words like greed and narcissism are people that are so terrified that they're willing to put that terror between them and full self-advocacy like narcissists don't know or care that they're narcissists. And if they do, they think it's charming. (laughs) Like those of us down here who are going, am I going to come off as a narcissist? No, you're (laughs) not. Am I going to come off as greedy? Well, are you acting greedy or are you acting confident and benevolent at the same time? Are you being generous and grateful at the same time that you're being your own advocate? Like if you're worried about it, Signs are pretty good if you're willing to pull your head out of your own keister like I had to do and like I'm sure you had to do, then we can solve a better problem than how are we going to be perceived? I don't want to be lumped in with those people. Those people aren't going to get lumped in with us because they don't care about getting lumped in with us. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, even if like I have to admit, you know, my parents were narcissistic and the cool thing is they won't hear this because it's not about them. (laughs) So they won't Mm -hmm. be listening. But Right. So, but there's a little bit of that bleed off. And so I can, but so I have an awareness that, ah, I can get a little self-focused, um, good information. And I've got people that I can say, can you help me gently off the pedestal? Don't push me. (laughs) Right. Yes. Hold me accountable, but with love and compassion and empathy. (laughs) Put a pillow before you shove me. Like. Exactly. mm -hmm. Right. But I, I I love that redefinition of self-focus. And I think compensation is another form of self-focus. And and to I love the way that you tied abundance and well-being in that people try to define abundance all the time. And it, it has a million definitions for a billion different people. But I love the way that you were like, are you able to live well in the way that living well is defined by you? The amount of money it costs to live off the grid or in a two-bedroom apartment with roommates or in a house in Chicago or in beautiful but still rainy Southern California, like the lifestyles on those are all different and yet there can be abundance in each style, right? It doesn't have to be you're not abundant if it's not a $200,000 price point, but you tied it to well-being. If you're not living in well-being, if you're not able to prioritize your well-being, you really can't call yourself abundant, maybe profitable, but not abundant. And what we're going for is make the amount of money you need to make to have the life you want and to support the things that matter to you. And if you want to have a family, then to contribute to that. Or if you are important, if causes are important to you, then you can give back back to that. Or if you want to travel, that's available to you. But I just think that's so great because I don't often hear such a clear connection between abundance, well-being, and just self-focus. Am I living the life I want? And if not, why not? Which goes back to the very yeah. beginning. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got chills, Bob. Uh, we love that. We love chills. We love chills. <laughs> so understanding, let's let's say, okay, hey, if you're if you're listening and you're struggling to be self-focused or to self-advocate, we've we've addressed that. But let's really look at the people that are like, all right, y'all have made your point. We get it. We need to lean into advocacy in this way or self-focus in this way um, and in ways involving financial matters and math as well, not exclusively, but including. What are some strategies, tips, tricks, tools that our listeners can impart to lean into that idea of self-focus? 
Yeah. So I think the first piece is, right, we have to make an assessment. We have to make an assessment. Where am I? Yeah. Because if I don't want to be here, I got to know where I am to get away from here. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing in this assessment is one, doing a little ex- excavating. What's my story? What's my story? Because my story is costing me. Um, I could, nobody can do that. They're smarter than me. They're taller than me, <laughs> right? <laughs> All those things. Um, so what are my stories, right? And then figuring out where the stories, what's true and what's a story. Because some of it's true. And then some of it we've decided to advocate as truth and yes. it's not, right? Yes. So that's the first thing is just mentally, where am I coming from? What's my story and, and, and all of that. And in that piece, I always like ask, I always ask people to name all the people whose fault it is that my finances aren't where they need to be. Right. Because we all, it's my parents. They didn't teach me. It's the system. They didn't have financial literacy in school. It's my grandma. Like we all have a story of whose fault it is. My best friend, they beat me out of the scholarship, whatever it is, write down all those stories about who you need to blame. So that's the first piece. The second piece is an actual assessment of what are my assets? What are my debts? Um, oh, I own this. I own this. So what's interesting is a lot of times I'll get people to write down their 401k, their, their money in the brokerage account. All of a sudden they go, oh, I actually have a little bit of a little money. I didn't realize it because I'm in my story if I'm broke, yeah. right? So we got to get out of our story. So take a real assessment of what, what are my assets and what are my liabilities? Then I'm going to want to look at how am I spending my money? right? Am I spending beyond my means? And I like to look at expenses first and then income second, right? Because we impulsively know I'm going to spend on this, I'm going to spend on this. And if I know I only have a thousand dollars, well, I'm going to be like, oh, I, I'd like to, but I won't. Now I want to know what you're going to do right? before we know what the money coming in is. And um, so that we can look at that because that's the impulse. That's where we're, we're pulled to. Even if we know better, we're pulled towards that second round of ice cream, right? We know, go over there. So to me, it's, it's really important. Look at my budget, look at my assets, my liabilities, and then what is my spending? Um, Because if we don't get those things handled, the rest is just like, well, I hope and pray it all works out. (laughs) Right. I mean, and we spent, this is a business show. We spend a whole lot of time on the show talking about making money. Yeah. And I don't think we've spent, I'm so glad that you're here for this. I don't think we've spent nearly enough time on this show talking about spending money, mm-hmm. not spending money, maybe even saving money. Right. But yeah. I know one of my buy patterns, and I know I'm not alone in this, but as a founder is when I have a nice little cushion of some money coming in, the very first thing I want to do is reinvest it. And, and then it right. flies out the window and I suddenly have 97,000 AppSumo software products that I sort of understand to use. I've hired three people to make me a logo I wind up sort of kind of using. And right. a partridge in a pear tree. Like literally, <laughs> I get the money and I'm like, oh, it's working, reinvest. And I just right back out, right? So for me, there's this trap of money comes in quick, money goes out quick, but then what happens in the lean times? Right. And so I fixing my relationship, just me fixing my business's relationship with money is an ongoing battle with like, hey, close your PayPal, girl. Like just because everything has a buy button doesn't mean you should click it, Annie. That's where I'm at. Like I make the money that I want for my lifestyle, but I could live better and be more abundant. If I stop spending so much damn money on my business, on stuff that's not actually moving the needle for me. But in my mind, making those investments is a good dopamine hit. I invested in my business today. I invested in myself today. So when we're looking at how we're spending, Mm -hmm. what questions should we be asking or what lens should we be looking at this? Because I know you're not going to say beat yourself up, rein it in, like fix it overnight. Like shame and guilt. Right. Yes. (laughs) Let's have shame and guilt all over. But like, what do we do? Well, you know, it's interesting when you were talking about the money comes in and then you're like, I'm going to invest it today. 
So here's a here's an exercise I ask my clients to do, and it freaks them out. When they come and tell me I'm going to get a hundred thousand dollars from an inheritance, I just got fifty thousand dollars, and I need, and I'm going to do this. I'm I'm like, how about this? Let's just let it sit in your bank account for two weeks. Don't touch it. Go in and talk to it. Thank it for staying around. Like we don't let our money stay in our bank accounts long enough to even sit and see if they want to stay. Yeah. We're like out, 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 right? If we could learn to actually let it come in and breathe and meditate for 10 minutes, like we are supposed to be doing, right? <laughs> um, let, let the money come in. Let yes. it just sit there. Thank it. Ask it to bring in some more friends. Most people want to get that money one and done. I paid off a debt. I did that. Well, That's let me. it sit for two weeks. But it is so uncomfortable for people to actually allow the money, right? We're all working so hard for this money, but a lot of us don't even allow it to sit very long. No, I don't. Here, yep, go, go, go. So learning to just let the money come and stay, and you're like, yeah, I like it when it hangs out with me for a little while longer. It's like, to me, that's a real important step. Um, Easing it, like settling into it, easing into it, spending time with it, living in it, like, that's so true. Feel because, the anxiety yeah. of having the money there. Well, as a short, fat girl, it's amazing how much running around my money does. Like, I mean, <laughs> my money is a cardio queen. Yeah. And and to your point, like, what if we all just slow down, appreciate what we have, got strategic about how it's there, keep it around some more, don't keep right. just throwing it at advertising you don't actually need. For funnels that are half complete, maybe I'm just talking for me. I don't think I am. <laughs> for a lot of people, right? Um, but no, I think that's so true. Is like we're we're looking for that quick fix, and so we're like, throw some money at it, right? See, and I think in business we do this a lot. We probably also do it in our own personal lives. We react instead of respond. So, Ooh. oh my god, the money came in. Let me, let me do. No, let's stop. Let's breathe. Let's figure out the best choice. Let's respond. Let's respond instead of like, oh my God, I got to hurry up. I hit, there's nobody's timing us, right? But except ourselves. And, and a lot of times we're in reaction instead of response mode. Yes. And that goes back to this concept you brought up at the very beginning, which is like, I feel like we think that reactivity is somehow going to increase our odds of luck. Yeah. Like if I do it now. If I strike while the iron is hot, if I get on this amazing deal, if I do this, then then I might get lucky. Like we think that getting lucky is a speed-based endeavor. And like what even is luck, Bob? You're you're Mr. Money. Like, do we get money by luck? Do we get money by work? Do we get like we like like what? Is it a blend? What is luck? What is pluck? And how do we get there? <laughs> You know, luck to me is uh, people that are lucky are people that actually show up, do hard work and just keep putting in the time and the results show up. It, it's there. It, luck just is. It, it, yeah, that's a thing, in my opinion. It's a thing. Um, you know, you, oh. people used to tell me, oh, my God, you're so lucky you're a CPA. Oh, my God, you're so lucky. It's really worked out for you. Guess what? I actually had to go to school. I had to take this really freaking hard test. And I actually had to put in a lot of time and energy and I have to do continuing education on a regular basis. So and I didn't get math. lucky. You have to do math. a lot and of math. Like that's your a lot of two plus toes. two. <laughs> and very logical. It's very logical. It's very. Um, and so it wasn't lucky. I made a choice. I'm going to go down this path. Just like the ballerina said, I'm going to dance really hard, make my feet bleed, and then I'll wrap them in silk. Right. Yep. You know, because. Blood looks good in pink silk. And um, it's, so I don't think there's luck. I think it's about showing up and showing up and luck will follow you because it's just the result of putting in the time and energy, but putting in, putting in time and energy that's actually going to yield results, right? Just spinning on a, on a hamster wheel, not going to do much for you. Eh, Maybe your cardio is up, but uh, other than that, you're still in the same place. You're not moving. And so for me, um, for business owners to really look and say, am I willing to take some feedback, some reflection? You know, I, and I have leaders and entrepreneurs that are mortified when I say this, I ask my clients, how was the experience? Did you, did you, are you happy with what I'm giving you? Are you disappointed? I've had a couple of people, we made a mistake. They ripped my head off and I was like, yeah, I really hear that. You know, and I sat there and they said, I can't believe you're not blaming somebody else. 
like, well, my name's on the door. Yeah, my staff person did it, but ultimately it's it's me. Yeah. So here I am, whatever you need to say. So that's one thing, willing to take that feedback from clients. I take feedback from staff. You know, after a tax season, we sit down, I, what worked? What worked? What did we do wrong? How could we make it better? How could it be better for you? How could it be better for the clients? And a lot of people don't want that. And, and it was scary when I started doing my own personal work to actually, actually have to stand up and have people point out what they think are my flaws. <gasps> yeah, right? that sounds fun. It sounds delicious. Whoa. I can't wait to be taken out. Uh, and I didn't die, right? Yeah. And so for, for a long time, I thought everything was going to kill me. It's not going to kill you, yeah. you know, unless there's a lion on the loose that's, you know, historically killed multiple people. Pro- yeah. You're probably not going to die. Yeah, and um, they're probably not your client. Like your client isn't secretly a lion who's been waiting to eat you. Yeah, and even if they do, like a dissatisfied client, and I have to remind myself this sporadically, not like they're like coming out of the woodwork, but like God, when you're showing up as a business with your name on the door, disappointing people sucks. But yeah. you simply cannot please everyone. And not for nothing, some people are unpleasable. That entitlement right. we talked about before is true. They could tell you that they wanted dark blue and then you deliver dark blue and then they bitch about it not being baby blue. When you have a contract signed by them that in three places initial says dark blue, they're still right. going to gaslight you and be like, no, that's your error. Those people exist. They're called Karens. They exist, <laughs> right? But, but additionally, yeah. like, that that how do we not attach feedback to especially critical feedback hopefully well the the kind of feedback that we're interpreting is is constructive criticism and negative yeah. feedback offered in a positive way right not like yeah. you suck but how do we not attach that to the idea of it having be a personal failing. How do we not attach yep. feedback to our self-worth when we're when our name is on the door? Well, I think one of the best ways, because certainly if somebody I've had people say stuff to me, and of course it was devastating, right? Mm-hmm. Internally I'm devastated. Yeah. But as much as I want to go, you're wrong and you're an idiot. You're saying I hope you get right. I mean, even if I think all that, I'm gonna sit there and I'm gonna breathe and I'm gonna go, wow, I really hear all that. It's a little painful to hear, um, hurts a little. Um, I'm going to take that in. I think this is a place where having a life coach, having a, a team of people you can go to and say, oh my God, this client just left us. I'm so devastated. And talk it out within a group of people that aren't going to go share it with the world. So you have a safe space yeah. to be like, I hate them so much. <laughs> uh, anyway, love and peace, love and peace. Right? Because <laughs> sometimes we got to get that out. I'm like, I want to kill you, but with yeah. love. I want to kill you with love. Um, yes. And later with a dagger when you're not looking because I'm so yes. upset. Right. Yes. But I, you know, it's funny. We had a couple clients this year leave that we thought we did amazing work for them and they decided to leave. And my business partner, she said, I can't believe they left us. I said, hey, it's okay. It was their time. Here's the great news. We're getting two to four referrals every week that are much bigger clients that are willing to pay us double what we were charging before. Let those people go. And the next morning she came in and she said, I thought about what you said. You're right. We have so much goodwill coming our way and all this stuff. Why am I going to get focused on the one negative when we've got over a thousand clients and one person went, I'm going to go over here. Bye. Blessings. And I wish you well. And I truly do. Well, you can't sit at a restaurant table the whole time. We call that squatting. Like there's a reason (laughs) why at freaking IHOP, it's like the booth maximum is one hour. Like. There's a natural beginning and middle and end to some things. And even your best and brightest brand evangelists will come a time where maybe you're not an urgent need for them in that moment. Yeah. Right. And, and so that idea of graduation, like, why are they leaving us? I love your reframe of like, they're not leaving us. They graduated from us. Yeah. It just, it's their time. And, and look, it's, it's so interesting. I know in the past, I was attached to that a little bit. You know, the first seven, eight years of my practice, probably the first 10, I thought nobody was going to come back every year. And then I'm like, oh, more came back. Well, this will be the year everybody leaves. Oh, even more came back. Okay. (laughs) At a certain point, I was like, I'm going to trust the universe on this. I think, 
we do good work. They keep showing up. But the people that, you know, I had a bookkeeper call me and go, I think this client's going to leave. They're upset with the price. And I said, okay, I wish them well. No, no, no. But they might leave. I'm like, okay. And I wish them well. I'm not going to jump through hoops and go, oh my God, if I reduce my price and I give you lots more time than I give everybody else, you, will you maybe like me? Like what? They don't have a TV show. They're not going to go out and trash my name around the world. And even if they did, okay. Like we have to trust our goodness and our good work and, and our integrity and what we bring, assuming that we're bringing that. And, and the rest is, is not on me. See, now we've gotten, we've, we've, we've run the whole gamut here. We started with self-advocacy, then we went to self-focus, and now we land on such a critical piece and also a great transition into our pop culture topic, this idea of self-trust. Now, I have said many, many a time that in the advent of a zombie apocalypse, mm -hmm. someone that loves me should do me the mitzvah of killing me as quickly as possible. Um, I do not expect to survive a, a zombie apocalypse very long. Um, just not really in my zone of genius, uh, yeah. surviving and all of that jazz. Uh, but today I've also brought you here to talk about video game turned television sensation, you and me against the world phenomenon, The Last of Us which yeah. should be a show about perseverance and self-trust. But now in the early episodes at point of recording is a whole lot of episodes about doing dumb shit and finding out. So Bob, yeah. what does any of this have to do with the last of us? <laughs> Stupid people should just go ahead and die. No, I'm <laughs> Wow. We got to get some hate mail on this episode. Oh yeah. Now no, here's the thing. So, you know, I'm watching this show. And, you know, God bless Ellie. We know she's the main character. So she gets to do stupid stuff mm -hmm. and probably not going to die because there's another episode and then there's another episode. But I get so annoyed, whether it's uh, The Last of Us or any zombie movie or anything where there's like sharks or on land eating people <laughs> and people are like, I wonder if I should go out in my backyard. It looks quiet. No! <laughs> you know, I mean, so I get so like I, I. Ellie annoys me just enough that I want her to be like beaten or kicked by a horse or because she just does stupid things. You're like, nobody in the, oh, but she's going to do it. And you know, she's going to land well, but partially I'd like her to learn a lesson here because she never seems to. <laughs> well, there's not a whole lot of strategic thinking happening no. here. It's all ego. It's and all like, ego. I get you're in a fight or flight, life or death situation, but Considering this is ideally going to be your reality uh, for the foreseeable future, you might want to stop making fear-based decisions and actually use your brain. Yeah, I mean, and here's the thing. She's skilled. She knows how to use a, you know, a knife and a hatchet and a gun. And she's certainly killed lots of people when she needs to. But if she were a little more strategic, she wouldn't have had to waste so much energy or so many bullets because she's just reacting instead of responding. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Oh, man. See, and that yeah. is exactly why everyone knows to just kill me because yeah. I'm just going to be a giant reactive mess. What my goal in the zombie apocalypse is, is create a diversion and get eaten so my friends can live. Like, that's right. just reactivity for, for mutual benefit, right? Like, let yeah. Annie scream in a corner and get her ass eaten, and then everybody else will prosper, right? But yeah. But for people that want to live, like we can hearken running your own business or having your name on the door to a zombie apocalypse a yep. billion trillion times, which for one sure. of the things is like, we don't know the cause of the threat. Right. We know that something in our business isn't working. And rather than sit and ask your what, why, why, what's, we just raise the alarm and we're like, zombies! <laughs> Gonna go and get in a boat, like rah, right? And it's like there's so many missed opportunities for just pulling on the resources available to you, pulling on the best of your strengths, and not just whiling out into reactivity 
like my hedonic spending, like, ooh, I made right. money, let's throw it out there. That's the exact same thing as like, ooh, I got a new gun, let me fire it into the air. Like, right. no, bullets are expensive and guns are noisy. Come on, don't do it's, that. Don't do it. But here's the thing, if you stop and take a break, as you're like, zombie, 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 sometimes if you stop and look and realize, oh, I just need to close the door and lock it. <laughs> right it's metal i'm in a i'm in a castle like sometimes the answers are right there but we're so busy oh my god oh my god that we missed the key <laughs> on the table that was like put there right. we're like oh there was the override pass <laughs> like, i mean that's like all mysteries right like all whodunits is everybody's missing the one clue that somebody <laughs> dropped because they were in a hurry and then they yeah. would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for the meddling kids except for the fact that they rubbed out for a second and dropped a piece of their hair like okay right. yeah oh like all right just everybody. a moment Take go a slow yeah yeah i mean and mm, go slow be I mean, strategic Think it through. I mean, and th- you know, the thing is this, we don't know the threat and then we're afraid because we don't know how to stop it, right? We don't <laughs> yeah. know the weakness of the threat. So we're like, oh, what if, maybe we throw gummies at it. Uh, maybe we, <laughs> like, like, wait, you know, let a couple other people get eaten by the zombies and sort of see how they reacted. And then you don't, you don't, you don't need to be first. Uh, when there's zombies attacking, you don't need to be, you don't need to be the leader. Like, hold back. <laughs> Watch <laughs> I just got this gorgeous visual of you in the zombie apocalypse with a notepad, like up in like a watchtower being like subject four tripped. Mm. Remember tie shoes. Subject yeah. five looks a little dehydrated. Remember yeah. drink water. Like, yes, learn from the misfortunes and missteps of others. It's stop again, it's looking not at their iPhone. Right. <laughs> like stop looking at your phone. Right. But but there is a lot of positive exampling out there, but there is also a lot of negative exampling that drives us crazy. And yet yeah. I'm not seeing people in their brands and businesses take a bold enough stance, not to be like that person is an idiot who deserves to get eaten by zombies necessarily, but also at the same point to be like, hold on, I don't get this logic. This isn't going to work for me. What if instead of running up the stairs when we should be running out the front door. We don't run at all. What if we right. lock the big metal door that we have a key to? Right. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we just need a moment to refresh, right? We, mm-hmm. oh, oh, let me, let me do this. Um, it doesn't mean we have to burn it to the ground or we, do, you know, I had a client who was telling me, I, you know, I can't fire my employees. Um, I don't know what to do. Well, you're going to go out of business. And so that that's what you're going to decide to do if you don't go back and have a difficult conversation. And so ultimately he went back to everybody and said, I really didn't want to break my word, but I'm going to have to break my word. And hopefully things will pan out. And ultimately they did. He laid everybody off for six weeks. I mean, six months, the business flourished with a skeleton crew not a zombie crew with the Zeldin crew. And then he, and he was able to bring everybody back and he's now making millions of dollars with his firm. But the thing is he was so attached to, I can't break my word instead of let me have a difficult conversation and tell people I didn't want to break my word, but here's the only way out. Yes. Yes. It's like, we're, we're, we're so stubborn. We're so rigid, but not about our own value. We're rigid about pieces, not our, our value or our values. Those are the things I think we should be absolutely bullheaded about. If you value something or if you stand for something, especially if you have a platform, that platform is a privilege. I think you should be absolutely rigid about your value and your Mm -hmm. values, but not these individual things that are like, Oh, I'm never going to shoot somebody. Okay. Yes. Right now I Anne Elizabeth, past Nisi Ruggles, hereby solemnly swear that I will never use a gun on another human being. It's against my values. However, if you give me a gun and a zombie's coming at me, and I think I might live another five minutes, my my principles are going to have to change. The circumstances have changed. So I can't be like, oh, I don't touch guns. A zombie will eat you. Yeah. Survive. And hopefully a gun will stop them. You know, but I think to your point, this is the thing, too, where we're not honest. Um, I know people will say, you know, I'm very much an integrity 
except when it comes to paying taxes, paying for software, um, and a million other things, <laughs> right? And I'm not saying that it's good or bad, but let's just be honest. And so, you know, for me, um, people say I'm so in integrity. I'm so in integrity. Well, integrity is what you do when nobody's looking, right? right? Are you still doing the same thing when nobody's looking? That's yes. integrity. Yes. And I'm not saying everybody has it. It doesn't mean that I've d- had a moment where I'm like, that wasn't an integrity. Um, so I'm not putting my, but it's important to know, am I 89%? Am I, w- what's, am I just saying, oh my God, I believe in helping other people while I'm, you know, you know, murdering puppies, right? It's right. like, it's, you got to walk the, you got to walk the talk. And I know that's cliche, but it's No, like, it's totally you true. Show up it, it is. It is. And, you know, integrity is what happens and what, what happens when no one else is looking, I think is 100% true. I think it's also totally true that you are going to be as living as you are in integrity as much or as little as when your back is the most against the wall. Right. right. Like so many people that mean to live in integrity will say, well, if I'm really struggling, I'm going to have to bend on this. Okay, well, then that's not an integrity to you. Like we got to not plan for the worst case scenario. But if you're going to if Monday through Thursday, you're a person who shows up with full love and light. And then on Friday, you get some bad news and turn into a complete piece of crap. That that's that's not an integrity. So, A who are we when no one else is looking away from a public persona when it's just you yourself and yourself. Right. And also who are you when your back is up against the wall, when people need you to perform, when people need you to exceed yourself, when you have to make those hard decisions, when you have to lay off your team, who are you then? Because we can't base the integrity on the decisions you make. We have to base it on, how and what you do in the interim that makes it matter, right? Like, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it reminds me a couple of things. One, I think my clients know that I'm advocating for them in a way that's going to protect them, save them money. Or if I'm working with people on money coaching and stuff like that, they know I'm in it, right? I'm committed and I'm going to show up hundred percent, but I have a lot of entrepreneurs and I've got a couple right now. They're, they're going to sell their business. They want to be able to sell it for lots and lots of money. And they had a really good year. But here's the thing. I don't really want to pay any taxes because life is hard. So I really should actually pay nothing um, because my it's really been hard. So now they're in story, a BS story, because I'm looking at them saying, you just generated $2 million. You walked away with a half a million dollars. You're doing pretty good. No, it's hard. It's hard. Okay, well, get out of your story. Um, pay your freaking taxes. Right. I'm not saying pay over what you need to pay, like have somebody help you, but to sit there and I have this happen. Sometimes people are like, look, what do I owe? You owe 10,000 bucks. Okay. I only want, I want a refund. Now don't do anything illegal, but I need a refund. I'd like a thousand dollars or at least $3,000 to cover your fee. You owe 10. (laughs) You owe 10. So anything I do to get you to getting back 3000 would be illegal. Okay, well, no, I don't want you to do anything illegal, but I need it to be a refund of 3000 Yeah, and... I'm like, hmm, there's a zombie over in that building. I need macaroni and cheese to not have calories in it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Could have, should have, so, would baby... But those, again, they're the baby blue people. That's people showing up with full self-prioritization in a bad way where they're like, I will demand these unreasonable things with questionable integrity of everyone around me. So they're like, and and I think it's no, it's exactly. And when you're in business, when you're in business, do things that are going to be of value to your, 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 your customers, your clients, all those things show up in a way. Don't figure out how, Oh, if I, I shave off an ounce of this. They won't know that they're only getting 11 ounces instead of 12. Like, you know what I mean? Like show up in a way that's going to have people coming back and then being willing to pivot, right? Not taking it personal and just going, wow, that's the feedback I'm getting. All right. Yeah. We'll do this. I can move this way. It's not taking me out of integrity or out of my value system. Or my zone of genius. Like this is what I'm being called to do in this moment. This is the need of Mm -hmm. the moment. Yeah. And and we see that in zombie stuff all the time where it's like your natural strengths and my natural strengths combined 
will right. keep us alive. And then we get someone who who adds a new exciting mix and then we all have to kind of recalibrate our skill or a new challenger arises or we're out of bullets, right? We got to keep rising to that occasion. But I love this idea of we can't pick and choose when we show up in integrity. You're either in or you're right. out. Ex- in or out, in or out. And, 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 and people know that. Yeah. People feel it. You don't even have to say it. People know. Right. And you can show up in full survival instinct and get by without forsaking yourself. And when you do forsake yourself, that's when you're doing the dumb performative stuff that you're like, oh, maybe they should just bite one of her fingers off. You know, we don't want to yeah. maim her, just, but maybe right. just one just finger. One finger. Pinky, one finger. You know. Me and it doesn't, yeah. you know, we don't want the zombies to like cut. Maybe she, maybe she loses it in a door jam, like you know, just one finger, yeah. just, just to be like, finger. hey, think a little smarter. Well, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs are sort of like artists. They they think they have to be struggling, right? And a lot of oh, entrepreneurs. Oh, Bob, you're ugh, it, keep going. It's true, and a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, Love the creative part, but then they don't like the part where you keep doing the same thing over and collecting the money, yes. right? Now it's not fun because now it's corporate because you want to actually monetize. measure things yep. and monetize things. And so I think it's important if you're an entrepreneur and you just want to be a serial entrepreneur, um, but not actually get ahead because you, you like being in the struggle, you know, good for you. But uh, me personally, if I'm going to be in the struggle, I want to monetize it. I'd like to see the money come back. I'd like people to reward me and tell me I'm on the right path by giving me money. Yes. I'm like, sweet. If I'm going to survive the zombie apocalypse and not have someone immediately kill me, then I am going to live in post-apocalyptic luxury. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Like in Zombieland when they wind up like squatting at Bill Murray's house. Like, yes, that is what I want. I will find... The most opulent existence affordable to me in whatever right. paradigm that apocalypse is. And that's what it is. It's like, I will do this. I will own this. I will live this large. I will make mistakes. I will own those mistakes. And I will also be aware of the needs shifting around me. You do not survive the zombie apocalypse without awareness of where you are, right. who you have, what your skills are. And as much you can know about the threat as you possibly can, which is never really that much, but you can at least know you. Oh my God, I love this. All right, Bob, I got two more (laughs) questions for you. So we have written you into The Last of Us. Right. You are now there and you are not going to die. So this is not one of those things where like you come in like a magical unicorn and change everyone's life and then you have like a big dramatic death scene. Like you're going to be airlifted out in a Deus Ex Machina helicopter to somewhere with with zombies under control. But for the meantime in the meantime, your paths have crossed. What is your role with our daring duo? And, and what, what wisdom do you most need to impart on screen? And what's your weapon of choice? Well, let's see. The first thing I want to teach them is to look before you step out, right? Check out your surroundings, like have some awareness because that drives me crazy on this show and many other shows when people are just what's over here? It looks like a bunch of snakes are coming out. I think I'll dive in there. Oh, I got bit by a snake. Yeah. Well, this, the 12th snake should have told you. Yeah. So awareness, that would be darling. awareness. Like look at the landscape before you move to the next landscape. Like that would be the main. Captain awareness. Uh, <laughs> Freaking. Yes. I'll become captain awareness. Cause oh that's my God, like, that is so funny. Pay attention. Um, so there's that. Um, my weapon of choice, I think, would probably have to be a machine gun because I don't want to have to reload like with a rifle or only get eight rounds in my gun. I want to like have a couple hundred bullets uh, going full full stop, and I don't have to aim well. I just have to go sort of in that direction. Yeah. So I'd go machine gun, even though I'm not a big gun person. I I'd go machine gun. I agree. I think think you're Captain Awareness and I'm probably Captain Morale. Like every now and then when people are like, 
doesn't like when they start Frodoing and they're like, I wish the ring had never come to me. I wish we didn't live in a zombie apocalypse. I know Puddin' Pop. Like, come to come let me love you up, but then we're gonna go back over to Captain Awareness and we're gonna get out of here. Like right. I will nurture. And we're gonna them fight those damn enough. zombies. And then I'll be like, all right, and now back to- Oh my god, I get to say this for real. Back to you, Bob. <laughs> oh well, on that magical note, what is the best way for our listeners to start a conversation with you so that you can help them rock that awareness, rock that well-being, and rock that abundance in their own businesses and lives? Well, the best way to start a conversation with me, you can go to the website and the email we use is info at themoneynerve.com, info at themoneynerve.com. It's a great way to start a conversation. I've had people just reach out over um, you know, a question, this or that, and then they ended up becoming a tax client. They became a one-on-one therapy client, um, financial coaching. So that's a great way to to get to know me. And I love connecting with people. And and even if you just want to share a story or, oh my God, I had this awareness or this happened to me, I'm I'm happy to hear those stories um, and, and have people reach out because we're all trying to figure it out. We're all trying to figure it out. And I know that if a zombie apocalypse should come, let it come at PodFest when you and I are together so that I can at least rely on you because uh, it has been a pleasure. Bring it, bring it to PodFest because we can we can do lots of podcasts and get them released before <laughs> some of the people get taken out. Um, we'll, <laughs> we'll be able to give people tips that are listening in remote areas. They'll be like, oh, thank God. Chris Kermitos is listening. He's like, did y'all just say that the zombie apocalypse is going to start at PodFest? Yes, I did. But I just said, let it happen so that I can follow Bob out of the darkness, which I would do anytime. Bob Wheeler, you are a dream of a guest. Thank you so much for being on this weird and wonderful show with me today. Well, thank you so much, Annie. It's been a pleasure. And, you know, I could talk all day, even though sometimes I say I don't, but I could. (laughs) And I would listen, darling. But for the rest of you. Well, hey there. Well, that episode certainly ran the gamut of curiosity, self-advocacy, and yep, you guessed it, finances. So, as you may expect, this week your homework is to embark on a journey of financial empowerment, we'll call it. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to really look at your spending habits. But the way Bob directed us to, by being fully aware of the emotions involved and ideally looking at that financial data and that spending habit data without shame and embracing your income without imposter syndrome. So here's what that might look like. Step one, let's all first take a deep breath and release any guilt or self-doubt that we may have associated with our finances. Remembering every decision we've made has brought us to this point and that we should be grateful to ourselves too. Then step two, grab a notebook or open up a godforsaken spreadsheet and start listing your expenses for the past month. Be honest with yourself, not with judgment, but with clarity. What did you really need? Where did that money really go? And did you do what I mentioned in the episode and just send it back out of your account the second it got there? How long did you let that money hang out? Step three, analyze your spending patterns. You've looked at everything individually, but now it's time to look holistically. Where can you cut back? Where can you make more efficient choices? And what choices have you already made that deserve celebration? Step four, now look and focus on your income. Recognize that every dime you made, you deserved to make. And ask, is this enough? Is this what I want? Is this the lifestyle I choose? Or am I ready for more? And if the answer is more, step five, the last step, Get on in there and set some realistic financial goals for this quarter. Right now, we're just going into Q3. We still have all of Q3 and Q4 to make our 2023 dreams come true. Remember, progress is key, no matter how small, but only if you're going to be kind to yourself along the way. So this week, my darlings, we're going to face our finances head on 
and in doing so, empower ourselves to have that modicum of control in our businesses we all crave and to fuel our growth forward. Hey, thanks for listening. If this episode kept you laughing and learning, I have two requests for you. First, make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button, depending on your platform, so you never miss an episode. And also, more importantly, if you are looking for support, inspiration, networking, collaborations, or just a chance to hang out with me, Annie P. Ruggles, and our fantastic guests, make sure that you are a member of our LinkedIn community, The Legitimati. It is a weird and wonderful place. I can't even believe it's on LinkedIn, and we want you there. You'll find the link in the show notes. Big shout out, as always, to the fabulous dudes who helped me make this show. My producer and editor, Andrew Sims of Hypable Impact. My theme composer, Riley Horbacio, And my show art creator, Francois Vigno. See you next time.